What up, what up, what up everyone? Welcome to another episode of Combos Court and I am Combo. Hope everybody's staying safe out there. Appreciate the continued support. Nothing short of amazing. Let me know how you feel about the show right in the comment section of your Apple podcast at rate and review wherever you listen to combos court and share this episode with a friend via social media or word of mouth today's show nba draft analyst matt babcock joins in matt is a former nba agent and contributor to sports illustrated babcockhoops.com go check that out if you haven't already a great conversation with matt we discussed the upcoming 2020 nba draft can't wait for you guys to hear it you could find Matt on Twitter at MattBabcock11. And you know you could find me on Instagram at 12combo. Intro music by Luca Beats. Let's get into it. Babcock of Babcock Hoops. Uh, welcome to Combos Court, man. How you feeling? I feel good. You know, staying busy despite the the quarantine, crazy times, but everything's good. How's Denver? You know, it's. I think we're towards the top uh, of the states. You know, with we had uh, early on a lot of uh, a lot of outbreaks with like the resort, mountain towns, skiing towns, all that. Um, but you know, we're all right. I mean, my wife and I've got a nice little setup here. A lot of time with the kids, but getting a lot of work done at the same time. Great, great. Um, I think you have an interesting journey, Matt. Uh, formerly an NBA agent, formerly of Sports Illustrated. Um, can we? Can you walk me through your basketball journey and what led you up to what you do today? Sure, it's a, it's a long story. <laughs> um, so you know, I was, I was born into a basketball family. My my dad, and my two uncles have all worked in the NBA for a really long time. Uh, two cousins that work in the NBA as coaches, and uh, grew up as a player. Uh, played at a junior college in Florida. Uh, had some knee problems and decided to walk on at Arizona just to be a part of a big program just because I knew I wanted to you know, follow in my family's footsteps and, and work in basketball in some capacity. And from there, I uh, was really just trying to find my first job in basketball. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a grind, you know, get, get in, getting your foot in the door, even, even though I was well-connected. Um, so I, I got offered a job at Wasserman Media Group, uh, summer internship, uh, you know, did some stuff in the office, but was, uh, you know, assisted Dave Yeager, uh, who was a D-league coach at the time. We did all of their pre-draft workouts. We had seven first-round picks. Uh, really awesome experience, but it was just a summer internship. So I had to figure out what I was doing from there. Uh, I took a uh, assistant coaching position uh, with Virtus Bologna in Italy. Went there and just uh, you know, it's a whole that's a whole another story. But it, it decided <laughs> at that point I didn't want to be a coach, and I uh, was offered a job by Excel Sports Management to essentially be like a junior agent. And um, you know, ten eleven years later, uh, I had been an agent for that long and never really had planned on doing it. And uh, Spoke with my wife to decide to make a you know drastic move and, and do something a little bit more basketball related. Got out of the agency business and uh, was there a reason to get out? Um, there wasn't one specific thing. I think it was a, a you know combination of you know all the negatives that we all know about the agency business. I mean, I'm That's sure you right. watched the scheme, and That's I mean, right. I worked for Andy Miller for a year, so I mean, I saw it firsthand some of that stuff. And um, you know, it's just an, it's it's a pretty ugly business, and it just wasn't wasn't for me was really never my intention to, to do that as, as you know being my identity for my life um and so i just uh it, it wore it you know ate at me wore on me and uh just want to get cl- closer to the basketball even though i was dealing with basketball stuff every day as an agent you're still at arm's length 
and I wanted yeah. to watch the game. I wanted to talk the 100%, 100%. game. Hundred percent. Uh, you know, and it just really, you know, little comments would bug me when people wouldn't treat me as a true basketball person, and just I kind of felt like, hey, man, do you know where I come from, or like my, you know, my 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 day to day life, like my conversations I have with like at the dinner table, you know, and it's just it, that frustrated me. And so I, uh, and I actually had the the big turning point for me was uh, I was still an agent. Uh, I was pursuing some scouting jobs with NBA teams, and I had a, a sort of a casual interview with Lawrence Frank. He was he was filling out some uh, scouting positions, and uh, you know Lawrence is a pretty pretty uh, you know candid guy. <laughs> he just you know speaks his mind and um, essentially told me he wanted somebody with more experience, you know, basketball wise. And that, that really right. that really sunk in of like, all right, well maybe people aren't respecting me as a basketball person like I thought they would just inherently with my background. And so I. Uh, got out of the agency business and decided, all right, I need to, you know, I need to prove, you know, that I am capable of doing this at a high level uh, directly in basketball. And so I, you know, I started doing some scouting and Sports Illustrated contacted me. One thing led to another. I started doing scouting, consulting, did some writing um, and decided I could do this all under one umbrella. And that's when I launched Babcock Hoops. And, uh, you know, a couple of years later, it's, it's sort of taken on a life of its own. So how much film do you actually watch and how deep do you get into it? Like, out of the second rounders, let's say, like, how familiar are, gonna, are you going to be with all these guys? Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I, I try and see everybody in person. Okay, uh, wow. I mean, th- there's, there's a few of the international guys I haven't seen, but we, we've got uh, Jason Felipe, uh, who's a 20-year experienced NBA scout that's based in Bologna, Italy. Coincidentally, that there was no connection there with, with my job in, in, in Bologna. But so, so he's seen everybody, and I lean on him a lot. And he's, he's great as far as, you know, the trips I take to Europe or just watching film. He helps me kind of, like, filter through some of uh, – you know, some of the crap. <laughs> and, uh, right, right. Um, and so, yeah, we, I think we've got a pretty good grip on the international stuff. As far as American-based guys, um, I've seen just about everybody in, in person, and, and we watch a lot of film as well. Matt, what are your thoughts about this draft in general? I know a lot say it's a weak draft. I don't think I agree with that totally. I think some of these guys will take some time to develop. Uh, we might not have a guy like a LeBron or a Luke or a Zion, but I see some star potential out there if uh, a couple people could work on their weaknesses you know what do you see in it I agree with all of that exactly and uh, you know I don't think there's clear cut um, you know number one pick number two pick like there is in some years and I think that's why a lot of people are kind of taking the negative approach on it uh, you know however however I think there's you know seven or eight guys that have legitimate all-star potential uh, you know yeah. are they going to be superstars you know no, that's a, I mean a superstar and an all-star two different two different 100%. categories right and uh, but I think there's a number of guys if, if it were to click uh, could be an all-star level uh, and then the, I think the depth's pretty good in this draft. I mean, as far as, you know, finding yeah. some pieces that could be in, in you know, valuable uh, rotation guys. Um, and so I, I like the draft. You know, I, I think uh, in most years, it seems like, at least recently, um, you know, people label the draft as, as, as a bad draft. It's sort of just like, you know, common narrative now. But um, I'm pretty excited about it. I mean, I think there is a lot of parity towards the top. Um, but I, I like a number of these guys. Right. Um, so let's start in the international game. Um and you mentioned there's a couple guys with all-star potential. Would Killian and Denny land in that vicinity? Yeah, so Denny and Killian both are in my first tier, which I've got, I've got seven guys in my first tier. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think they both, you know, both are, are really top prospects. You know, I think they – with Denny, um, you know, he's got great size and versatility. You know, he sort of reminds me a little bit of Ben Simmons. You know, he's not quite as big, probably not quite as athletic, but he, but he is he's deceptively athletic. He's got good size. Um, obviously Ben, they play him at point guard, which I don't, I don't really see him as a point guard. I see him more as a point forward. Right. Exactly what Avdia is. Um, and he, you know, it seems like he's got the right personality to, to be a big time player. Um, 
and, and his shooting's coming around, which is extremely important in today's game. And 100%. I'm excited about Denny. And then with Killian, you know, I, I went to France last year, and he was playing for uh, for Cholet, and they had an interesting uh, dynamics because they had uh, uh, the kid Indoy there, they had Demanche, which are two highly rated French point guards as well. So you have three top you know young point guards uh, on the same team, and it was kind of like, well, who's the point guard? You know, who's playing on the ball, off the ball? It was sort of uh, you know too many cooks in the kitchen type of thing. His agent made a smart move and put him on a team in Germany um, and let him run their show. And he, he's really he's really progressed because of it. I think his confidence has, has been at a high level and uh, big big combo guard, sort of in the D'Angelo Russell mold. Right. I think it should be noted that these guys are playing at a higher level against higher competition than a Lamelo and an R.J. Hampton. I mean, oh, sure, it's sure. it's a difference in terms of structure. Yeah, I mean, I think with France specifically, it's a very athletic game. You know, it's very yeah. fast, very athletic. Germany, the natives quite, are very athletic, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, Germany's a little bit uh, slower of a game, but it's it's high quality. I mean, that's that's a very good league um, and good good coaching too. I mean, I think you know, top to bottom, and that's a it's a pretty sophisticated league. So, Matt, if you were the Warriors um, and they had the number one pick, and you were a decision maker, who would you go with? I think the Warriors are in, in an interesting situation. You know, obviously they've had the powerhouse team for the last handful of years. Weird year. They sort of had a, an off year, right? And so, but their guys are coming back. So right. they're going to be, you know, a legitimate contender next year. And so I, the way I see it is, okay, you need to add somebody that's a plug-and-play type of guy that fits, that complements the guys they already have, while also, you know, looking at the upside and the long-term, uh, you know, building block part of it. Uh, with that said, I would, I would target a big guy. I would, you know, I think Wiseman would be a perfect fit. Uh, I also like Onyeka Okungwu there. Uh, I okay. think Okungwu is you know, starting to get some buzz. Um, I mean, I think I think he's right there with anybody. He, he's a big time player, uh, sort of uh, you know more athletic. Al Jefferson, a little bit of a Bam Adebayo type to him, and um, I think people are underestimating his ability to score. You know, USC um, they had a lot of ball dominant guards. You know, I, yeah. they, they ran up some sets, but it wasn't like, hey, let's just keep fueling the fire and give you know, Onyeka the ball. Uh, so I think people are, are losing sight that this guy could, you know, ultimately end up being a big-time scorer. Right. I think Wiseman would be the consensus. But let's say you were a decision-maker and they tell you they want to go with a guard and it was between Edwards and Lamella, who would you go with? It's a tough one. I mean, going back to what I was saying, I think the issue with adding a guard there is, you know, I mean, Clay and Steph are, are, are pretty set in their ways. I mean, they're deep into their careers. You yeah. throw a guy like this that the expectations are high – not even from the public, but even for these kids. Like, they're stepping in thinking, hey, I'm going to be a primetime guy. And right. uh, now, now you're playing with two potential Hall of Famers, you know, and, and that are at the tail end of their career. That's, yeah, it's that's, a, that's tough. I mean, especially, you know, with those two guys, because you got Edwards and Ball are very ball-dominant. And, um, you know, Edwards does not, does not know how to play yet. Doesn't move well without the ball. I think spacing's sort of a problem. I um, mentioned that in my last pod that um, – I think it was my last one that – I think he has a lot of upside, but my concern is if he doesn't become a main scorer, how he'll adjust. Right, right. Yeah. And I, I think ultimately he's going to be able to get through some of his, his kinks and all that. Um, I just don't know if the Warriors should, should have to deal with that right now. They, they need to win now. And so why, why mess with that? And, I mean, LaMelo would, pro- LaMelo would probably be a better fit even though Edwards, I think, has more upside. Um, I mean, at least with LaMelo, he's got, he's got great size. And, I mean, you, you kind of use – which is how they use Steph anyway, where, he, you know, he's the point guard – enters to the, you know, to the wing, and he's running around as a two-guard pretty much anyway. So now you got LaMelo being their primary playmaker. Um, I don't think it's a perfect fit, but they could probably make it work. Are you confident LaMelo will be at the least a good NBA player? Yeah, I think he'll be a good NBA player. Um, 
know, he's got some concerns, though, or I have some concerns with him. Um, you know, he's not very athletic. You know, his body, he needs to work yeah. on his body. Um, defensively, I think he's going to have some issues, at least early on. He needs to get stronger in, in the lack of, uh, lack of burst. Um, I mean, he might, he might have some early struggles. And then, um, you know, he needs, to, he needs to mature as a player. His shot selection is, is horrible, and he consistently tries to make the hard play, which he's, he's capable of doing, but it makes him somewhat of an inefficient guy. Um, Anthony Edwards falls in that category too, as you know, as well. Um, yeah. But you know, I think you know they're just going to have a little bit of a you know a learning curve from from that standpoint. Another prospect that should probably add a little bit of strength, Tyrese Halliburton. Good size though, um, great passer, gets his jump shot off pretty well, even though it's a little bit awkward. Um, what do you feel about his game? I mean, I think the I think the narrative is completely the opposite with him compared to Edwards and ball. I don't know if there's quite as much upside, but he's okay. a very solid player, high basketball IQ. He doesn't make mistakes. Um, you know, just, just, uh, just a reliable kid. You know, he's got the really funny uh, shooting mechanics, Yeah, but, but he's, but he's reliable. I mean, he, he's a knockdown shooter and he shoots with range. So I, I think you could plug him into a, a team like, like uh, right now, I think we have Phoenix taking him at 10, which he'd be perfect with Devin Booker because, you know, he, he, uh, you know, he could be a primary ball handler or a secondary ball handler. He's got good size, does a lot of like winning type plays, um, and, and he can stretch the floor. And so, I mean, as a complimentary guy, I think he, he'd be great. Um, you know, he, he does need to get stronger. I think that's the big concern with him is, is lack of physical strength. Uh, but, but I do think he, uh, I think he's going to be a very solid player. I mean, you know, probably a starter. I don't see him being a star, but I, I think he'll be a good player. Do you feel if there was a March Madness that Obi Toppin could have became the number one consensus clear-cut pick? And what do you feel about his game and how does it translate to the next level? So, I mean, I've been, I've been on, high on Obi all year. Uh, I was at Maui and I went in there. It was funny. I, I joked with, uh, with Mike Schmitz from ESPN. He, he was there as well. And I said, you know, I've got, I've got Obi rated really like much higher than everybody else. I need him to perform on this big stage so I, <laughs> so I don't look like a chump, right? And uh, – <laughs> In that first game, who they play? I think they played Michigan State that first game, and he was awesome. And uh, as we joked, he came high fiving me after the game and stuff. And uh, um, yeah, I mean, he had a great year. I mean, just a fun player to watch. Um, you know, the tournament. I think having the big stage would have given him maybe from a media standpoint solidified him as like a top five guy. I think NBA people, you know, see him as as that anyway. Uh, I mean, all thirty teams were in Maui and saw what I saw, and I, I, that was the only games I saw of him, but. At that point, I was like, "All right, this guy, this guy's going to be one of the top players in the draft. He's 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 not only you know a dynamic player that's got some upside. He's ready to go right now. So I mean, you can talk whatever you want about his age. This guy's a starter that's probably going to average 15 points a game next year." Speaking of the media, do you feel that when the media gets so hyped on a guy that it puts pressure on a franchise to take them earlier? Yeah, I think that happens. You know, I think uh, you know, I think it depends on the team, the general manager, sort of their job security and the confidence they have. But right. um, I, I do, I do think sometimes you know that you know a, a GM will worry about what's said in the press, and you know, I mean, a lot of owners you know, read these articles and, and, and listen to these things. So I mean, you know, it, it comes from a, a natural place because it's if the fans are saying it, the owner's seeing it, and he might be thinking it. So um, yeah, I wouldn't say every team, you know takes takes it a hard look at it but it's somewhat of a variable in the equation oh uh, man i didn't i don't think you thought i was going here but uh <laughs> mac mcclung has declared uh what do you feel about his game and how his game translates to the next level i mean his highlight uh mixtape from high school is pretty impressive right off the dumps <laughs> <laughs> it uh no he's a great athlete really aggressive seems like a competitive kid um I, i'm a little worried about the translation to the nba 
Um, I, I didn't. I don't expect him to be a guy for the, this year's draft. Um, he, he hasn't signed an agent, right? I don't think so. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. I, I would. I would expect him to go back to school. Um, you know, I, I think. You know, he probably needs to polish up point guard skills, feel for the game. I mean, it yeah. seems like he. It seems like he it's plays. Feel for it the like, game, something you think could be polished. You know, I, I think he's he's one of these guys that plays at one speed. You know, he's so yeah, athletic yeah. and aggressive. It's kind of like I think he needs to sort of mature, just sort of slow down a little bit. Yeah. Um, but he's got, I mean, he's got the big time athleticism. So I mean, I, I wouldn't rule him out. Um, right. I just, I, I think he's got a little ways to go. Aaron Nesmith, does he have all the ingredients to become a steal? Um, an injury. Um, I can't think of a specific example, but I'm sure there's been times where injuries have helped the player become a steal. What do you think about Aaron? I like Aaron a lot. It, uh, you know, I mean, first of all, his background check. I mean, this kid seems like the, the perfect, perfect kid. I mean, somebody you want not only on your team, but maybe to you know, run your company, you know, and uh, uh, wow. checks all the boxes. It's just a Great high shooter, character. right? Oh, big time shooter. Yeah. But it, off the court, I mean, high character, you know, checks off all the boxes you want. And then as a player, you know, he's got, he's got the, you know, you see him physically he's got a, he's got a stud build. I mean, he's just a, a stud kid worker, uh, but he's got the, the main ingredient. He shoots the ball. I mean, he's the best shooter in the draft and something that translates well. And uh, I think the concern is that, you know, his feel for the game, his ball skills aren't great. Um, you know, he sort of reminds me of uh, two guys that I spent a lot of time around. Um, he's not quite at this level, but he's sort of somewhere between Ray Allen and Jody Meeks where they're big time shooters, um, you know, lack, lack ball skills a little bit. Uh, so, I mean, I think he's probably going to be better than Jody. Not quite Ray. That's not really fair to com- you know, par- compare anybody to Ray. But, um, right. I, and, I Ray had some ball- and Ray had some ball skills early in Milwaukee, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, but, yeah, and I, I have high hopes for Aaron. I think he uh, – I, I see him as you know, maybe like a late lottery type guy mid-first. Okay. Um, you know, high character shooting the ball. I mean, that, that's going to – a guy like that's probably going to go on his high side. Are there any second round prospects that you feel might land in the second round that maybe could be first round in terms of talent or NBA potential that you've been looking at? Yeah, there's a few guys that, that come to mind. Uh, Elijah Hughes from Syracuse is one. I think he's okay. a little bit under the radar. He's, uh, you know, he's really improved. You know, he started at East Carolina. Um, and, uh, you know, this year going into the season, I, I didn't have that high expectations for, for the Syracuse team. I, I don't think they had that much talent. And uh, Elijah just gotten so much better, and he just really carried them. And they had a good year. Uh, you know, he's got he's got great size, kind of like a thick wing, um, good athlete, and he's got deep range. I, I think they depended on him for so much offense that he had to take a lot of hard shots this year. I okay. think he's going to translate to be a really good shooter at the next level. Uh, I, I easily see him sneaking into the first round. Um, another guy that comes to mind is uh, is Jalen Harris from Nevada, uh, big combo guard. Sort of in like the Jamal Murray type mold, uh, just as good off the ball as he is on the ball. Just a killer instinct scorer, tough kid, competitive. Really like him. And then the other guy that's somewhat of a wild card is uh, Jay Scrub, uh, who's a junior college kid. And uh, there haven't been, uh, from my understanding, wow. hasn't hasn't been a he junior decided college not to kid. transfer. No, he's not going to Louisville. He's staying in the draft. Signing with okay. an agent. Wow. Um, but he's a yeah, six six lefty. Jumps out of the gym. Shoots with range. Um, he's got, he's got some major upside and, uh, you know, somewhat of a risk coming from the junior college and, you know, not, not a great sample size to evaluate him on, uh, but he's got, he's got upside, you know, and, and we'll see. Yeah. I'm going to jump a year back. Um, does Cade Cunningham have more NBA potential than everybody in this draft or not really? Oh, um, Cade's really good. Um, yeah. you know, I, I think the one thing that's interesting with Cade is a lot of people are penciling him in as a, as a point guard. 
I don't necessarily see that. I think that's kind of putting a lot of pressure on him. I mean, I think he's going to end up filling out to be a pretty big guy. He plays the pick and roll pretty well. I think that's a big thing. Oh, he's got great ball skills, and he's he's a great playmaker. I see him a little bit more like a Luka Doncic, where he's not really a point guard. It's like, what position is he? He's just a player. Get, get him the ball, you know, let, you know, put some things around him and let, let him do his thing. Uh, he, he's, he's big time. I, I would say he would probably, you know, probably be the first pick in this draft. Like a positionless playmaker. Right, right. And I think that's what teams would like to see from Denny uh, sure. to reach his NBA potential, right? Yeah, I mean, I think Cade is, is probably more comfortable being a primary ball handler. Right. I just, you know, it's sort of the argument, like, like Ben Simmons, they have quote-unquote labeled him as a point guard you need the ball in his hands i don't see him as a primary point guard though you know he's just just a player that that he's a good ball handler good playmaker you know but he's he's doing all kinds of stuff on the floor right for sure i mean giannis brings the ball up the court uh, yeah sometimes. sure I, yeah i don't think he's really a point guard you know right. okay, so should the ncaa be worried matt um about the g league pathway program and do you think we will see in the future a lottery with no ncaa college basketball players oh wow i haven't had that one yet it uh I, you know, I, I, it definitely is something that they need to be looking at hard. I mean, they, they obviously are. I mean, there's so many changes day to day with what's going on, the whole landscape of everything. You know, last year with Australia, now with the G League, um, you know, but on the flip side of it, I mean, you look back to before they, they changed the age limit, there was a number of high school players coming out in the draft anyway, and that didn't ruin college basketball. So, um, you know, I, I'm not quite, quite sure what to make of it. I, I know, um, you know, NCAA is going to need to be making some changes one way or another. Uh, but I don't think it's going to be dramatic where, you know, there's not going to be any good players in, in college basketball. Did you ever put any thought into what Adam Silver's intentions were when uh, creating this pathway program? You know, I, I think he, he saw – I'm, I'm just reading between the lines. I don't have any insider information on this. But, right. you know, with Australia, I mean, I think they really woke everybody up of like, okay, this is the trend. This is where this is, this is going. Why don't we get ahead of this and – you know, control the dialogue here, control these players where all of our NBA teams have access to these players to scout them efficiently. I mean, this year was, uh, you know, was tough. I mean, all these teams had to fly to Australia. It's about as hard a yeah. flight as it gets, you know, and, uh, you know, and, and I think, uh, you know, now the NBA is putting, you know, picking and choosing the coaches that are working with the, these kids, molding them. Hopefully they'll have sophisticated weight programs and, um, yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's definitely – I think the, the intent is good. I hope they can execute it properly because it could be a special thing. Matt, great stuff. Uh, where can we find you on social media and everywhere else? Yeah, first you find us on our website, BabcockHoops.com, and then on Twitter, uh, our, our company handle is at uh, BabcockHoops, and then myself personally is at MattBabcock11. Matt, you're always welcome back on the show. Thanks for being here and talk soon. Yeah, thanks a lot. Take care. Thank you for listening to Combo's Court. Punch down on that subscribe button if you haven't already. Big thanks to Matt for joining in. You could find out more about Matt and his work at BabcockHoops.com. Let me know how you feel about the show by dropping a comment right on your Apple Podcast app. Rate and review wherever you listen to Combos Court. Stay safe out there and be on the lookout for episode 160. Combo out.